You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, this one, there you go. There it is. This is the St. Patrick's Day type of thing. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is coming up like super quick. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Losers Lounge. Wump, wump. Wump. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, America's <laughs> Top Race Sportsbook. Hey, my parlay hit. My parlay I hit. I lost a lot of money Steel, tonight. block, Monte three. I lost a lot I got money. to the first two like within like 10 seconds. It was like right away. Uh, Nuggets drop. Fourth game in five nights. They drop it. A uh, lot of talk about it. I feel like there's a lot of little angles to kind of take on this one. A lot of things to debate, to discuss, to dissect, and to help me do that. I got uh, Duvalier. Ooh. I mean, that's just uh, what we saw is just a team that's just really tired. It, it just seems as if they played a lot of games in a short <laughs> amount of time and uh, fatigue kicked in. It's tough, man. You don't want to make excuses all night, but I think people are still feeling good about their nugs, and they battled tonight. Standings are unforgiven, but we'll work our way through it rationally, I'm sure, together. Rationally, indeed, and that was, of course, Brendan Vogt, the one with the boyish charm. Um, I'll take it. So, yeah, this game, I mean, I, I, it's funny, man. Like you, There's no moral victories Like if you're an athlete. you know, I know a lot of people are this. Like, if you're playing, there's no, like, oh, we were tired, there's this or that. But when you're a fan, when you're a fan, first of all, doesn't do any good to be like, for me personally, to be like, no excuses. Right, I mean, it no excuses. Play yeah. like a ch- like it doesn't matter, man. It's a long season. You just gotta kind of have some yeah, perspective. Do you think Jokic is just bad in the crunch now, Adam? I think he is. Yeah, yeah. like I think he choked under yeah, pressure. He choked. Yeah. Um, he was very Kidding, tired. He was having a real hard time like outquicking anybody tonight. We'll talk about all of that. Um, there's gonna be some takeaways. We've of course got Harrison Wynn joining us later on. Uh, we got a little ooh la la going. Is this faces? I don't know. Do you know? know? How Maybe. deep is your bag here? You're, 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 we're out of it. We're out of it? Yeah. We're already out of the bag. We're outside of my Deb, bag. Deb, you got this one? Um, <laughs> Machiavelli. What? Uh, Return of the Titan. <laughs> Machiavelli. That's somehow, somehow a hilarious guess. <laughs> somehow the funniest uh. guess you could make. Uh, are you guys ready for a little rundown here? Let's do it, man. Can we do a little rundown? Break it down. Give you exactly how this game went. No mistakes. Nuggets open up the game. Not very locked in defensively. There was a lot of like wide open dunks, wide open threes with players looking at each other. I mean, look, everybody talks about physical fatigue. Mental fatigue just as Mm. important. And I thought tonight both of them showed up in the fourth quarter. But in the first half, there was just so many mental mistakes from some of the key guys. Fortunately, one guy that was not fatigued was Bones Highland. He had some pep in his step in that first quarter, second quarter stint. And you could see like the game was just kind of an ugly whatever. Bones comes in. He had some things shaken. He just was playing. He had a little twinkle toes to him. 
He got team rolling. Nuggets actually went up 11 with the second unit. Dominant second unit stint. What a uh, run that was. Jokic couldn't buy a three. And that was true in the first quarter, second quarter. He does this sometimes where if he's missing threes, he's just like, I'm going to take them until I hit one. And tonight he took a bunch, didn't make any of them. Um, the Warriors made a run, cut it all the way down to one. The Nuggets rallied to close the third, though. This was a close game. If you remember, mm. to end the third quarter or in the, the first half, Nuggets went on an 8-0 run to take a 60-51 a to 51 lead. So Nuggets were in a good, uh, good spot. Going into the third quarter, going into halftime, you're like, okay, they survived a sort of ugly stretch. Let's see what happens. Nuggets were rolling in the first five minutes. They were up 14 points in the third quarter. Everything was going really well. Jokic got a third and then fourth foul. And to me, this was the game. There's two things yeah. that happened. One, Jok picked up completely unnecessary fouls. Like the fouls he did tonight, this is what I mean about mental fatigue. You know, let Curry shoot or he gets by you, like let him score, especially if you're in foul trouble. Don't take a dumb foul out on the perimeter. Not only was it a foul, it was an and one. And then the Nuggets, and I think Michael Malone, and I'm so curious if he's going to be asked this and if he'll answer it. Austin Rivers was doing a great job on Steph Curry, a really a great job on him. He was out of rhythm. He wasn't getting anything. Michael Malone took him out. With five and a half minutes left in the set in the third quarter, he just took him out and had a backcourt there. I believe it was Forbes and, and Bones. And you're thinking, hey, that's Steph Curry. He doesn't always play the third quarters, but the Warriors decided to play him in this one the entire third quarter. Smart adjustment from Steve Kerr. Really bad adjustment, I thought, from Michael Malone. And Curry went with 13 points in the final five minutes. Warriors were up 88-84. You go to the fourth quarter, Rivers checks into the game, but Curry's out. I was like, what the heck is going on here? What are we doing? Curry's values defense, or Rivers value defensive, and Curry wasn't even in the game. Jokic checked back in, basically 10 minutes left. He had 19-11 and 6 at that point, 7-14. He thought, okay, here it is. Him and Monte made some big plays together down the stretch. In particular, Monte in that two-man game, you kind of thought, maybe here we go, here we go. Take you get down this. to two minutes. Yoke had some nasty turnovers. He just he could not get around Looney. And we nope. saw he gets around Looney very easily. He leans on, he posts up. They were sending some good doubles. They did a great job of, of really getting their hands up so his passing angles weren't good. But Yoke just made some mistakes down the straight, repeatedly made some mistakes that we just never see. And the fact that he couldn't get around, I think we could chalk it up to fatigue. Nuggets dropped this one. Did I miss anything, Key? Like, really, uh, you know, you've been pretty good at those, but that one, that one was spot on. That one was perfect. That one was, like, pretty dead on. Like, you went into detail. Um, that was good. I missed something. What did I miss? I don't know how consequential it was in the end. Uh, when Jokic picked up his fourth, Malone decided to go small with Jeff at, at five instead yeah, of going to yeah. Boogie, which is something he could have done. I don't know if that changes the result, but just a note. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you could have. I think he was really worried about Steph, yeah. and it's funny because he was like, you know what, the pick and roll, they're going to try to get Cousins out. But what you really should have just thought about is we need guards that can get over the screen, and you know they didn't have that. So I'm just, it was a very curious decision. Dev, what's your big takeaway from this one? I think my biggest takeaway in this game was fatigue. Really, yeah. that second unit, they really didn't find anything that separated them. Uh, Bones Highland had a good game, but other than that, there were, really wasn't any bright spots. Even the starters, like, they they just didn't have anything to get them going. I thought that this was a game that, you know, a, a player like Facundo Campazzo was going to get a little bit more rep just to try to get them some type of energy. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate that their um, nationally televised game had to be on you know a second night of a back-to-back -back against a really good team and also it's you know four games in five days so my that was my biggest takeaway is that they just really did not look as spry as they has been have been playing in the last few games i mean spry like to say they're spry, like 
they were clearly tired from the get. Yeah. I mean, in the second half, I made this comment. There was like a bunch of free throws in the second half. You looked. There was one time where the camera had every single Nuggets player with their hands on their knees. It's like, my God, man, these guys are so dead. Uh, they didn't have it. But, you know, you're out there playing. Let's see what you can do. And they were in position. They, they could have won this one. What's your big takeaway? Um, it's been a rough week, month for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I mean, fatigue is my big takeaway, and and Austin. And by the way, the value that Austin Rivers provides in this matchup. But just to try to think of something different, I, I liked Gordon's approach in the first quarter a lot. The yeah. results weren't there, but what he was trying to do get to the rim, get guys in foul trouble. That's a good approach from AG. All the same, two of eleven from the field, right? Man. Just the one assist. Um, I thought defensively, he. You know, it's been a while since we've been. Wow, my jaw dropped right, right at AG tonight. So, um, look, the fatigue affects him too, but it's also just been a minute since we've seen AG. I thought there were stretches in the third where he was pressing to try to break out of that slump. It had it at adverse effect. Would just like to see AG get back to that um, just reliable state, and I think it will help the Nuggets. We can talk about the schedule and how tough it was, but the standings are unforgiving, right? and they've still so got true. more games to go here coming up. So... They're going to need Aaron Gordon to pick it up ASAP, and uh, it would have been great to see it tonight. I think with AG in particular, had he been like two for five tonight or two for six, and you're like, he just wasn't making an impact offensively, that would have been one thing. But he was two for 11, right. and some of those shots that made the gap there were like, what the heck was you, that? I mean, he had that three-pointer he pulled up in transition that you're just like, if Michael Porter takes that one, we all say you better make it. If Aaron Gordon takes that one, you're like, bro, even if you make it, I'm going to be head scratching my head. Doing? So and it was actually a Michael Porter one. He did the Michael Porter yeah, like Michael Porter, the, like demonstrative exactly. little hezzy yeah. thing that he does. Um, on the the topic of fatigue, you guys know this phenomenon. You could run like say go for a three mile jog at the same pace, and you have a certain level of fatigue, and it's just a steady whatever. But if you sprint, it's like somehow you don't recover. It's like it's like if yeah. you run if, if you're playing a basketball game and in the first half you have to like play extra hard or something. You have to sprint all these extra words. It's like you're tired in the second half because you used up all your energy. That's my one thing watching this game that I was thinking is, I hope Denver didn't just sprint through this four game. Like, I'm so impressed with them that they did it. I honestly don't know that there's another team in the NBA that would have played their guys and just said, no, we're doing it. We're playing all of our guys here. Most, I mean, even the Warriors had an opportunity. They were in a similar situation. They said, no, thank you. We're, we're going to take a rest. And it's impressive. Like, I really love that the Nuggets do that just because there's something about being this, like, you know, tough mentality. We're going to pride ourselves on being tough. But I do wonder, like, watching them tonight, I'm like, they're not going to win many games if they're that tired. And I hope that this 48 hours off completely rejuvenates them. I really did wish that they uh, sat Jokic in this game. Uh, like, going into it, I, I felt like that was something that they should have done or just give, like, guys nights off every now and then. They've earned it. Um, you got Barton a night off. Aaron Gordon did get a night off in here. Jeff Green got a night off. But those were more because injury or yeah, birth of yeah. a child. And that's a lot Still different counts, than just like counts, resting yeah. and just being able to know that you've earned that. Yeah, I'm um, not sure Jeff Green rested. If he yeah, was you could tell that the fatigue was a factor. They shot 22% from deep in the game. Like that's, that's you know, not having legs. Uh, there was a lot of mental, um, you know, mistakes and. If there's one team you don't want to have mental mistakes on, it, it is the Warriors. Just because there's so many um, screens. There's so many of Curry, you know, having to know where he's at at all times. They, they, they pass the ball. Like, the ball's popping at all times with, with the Warriors. Um, and, and a lot of that just, like, goes into playing. Like, if you're not playing at your best, they're going to be the ones that are going to hurt you. 
Curry's going to, you know, find a way every single time. So with that fatigue, I just wish that this was a game that was like, hey, we're going to punt on this game because everyone's seen that one coming. It's not even a trap game. It was just like literally you, you're not supposed to be able to play to the – to up to par in that type of setting. It's rare for me, Dev. I'm going to disagree with you. I like that they went for it. And for everything we're saying about the fatigue, that was a winnable game down the stretch. Now, I know Jokic was was cooked. And credit Looney, good defense, but Adam's right, right? Like, if Jokic I mean, is We've rested, seen him cook Looney. So. Yeah, just he powers through. He couldn't spin around anyone, right? He just couldn't turn those corners. But, guys, just one of those threes goes down, right? Like, Aaron Gordon plays a little bit better they avoid that turnover down the stretch. They could have won this game, and they need every win. And to me, I would have felt like if Jokic comes up with this, I know there's that Philly game coming up. That's the MVP right there, I think. So I just I just like that they went for it. Um, it may have an adverse effect in the end. You may be right, but I don't. I, I like that they went for it at the start of the game, and I'm not going to change my mind just because it didn't go their way. Uh, it, it was a good effort from Denver, and it would have been a vibey, vibey win if they pulled it out. One of my things that I don't like about the state of the NBA and the way that fans access the NBA is that, like, I, I've talked about this on Twitter before. It is smart basketball practice to foul when you are up three. But it's the lamest effing thing in the world to, like, root for a team to foul up three. This is my opinion. Like, it's smart. Coach, strategically, the NBA should do something about it. But if you're, like, hoping that a game just gets extended by free throws and stoppages, like, I'm like, what are we doing here? Aren't we rooting for, like, mono, like guys going at each other and playing basketball, not, like, trying to fudge the, the edges? And I feel the same way about resting, guys. Like, it's smart practice to rest. And maybe, to your point, they should have. But it's just weird to me to sit here and root for it. Yeah, that's just, how I feel. It's that's just exactly weird for me to sit here and be like, yeah. I wish they would. You know what? They should have punted if they would have punted Tuesday and then rested guys on Thursday. Like You're like, what are we doing here? Are we rooting for basketball? Are we want to watch basketball? Um, you know, Denver battled. They almost did it. It would have been epic. Honestly, you saw how tired they were when they went up two with like three or four minutes to go. I was sitting here thinking this would be freaking epic if they pull this off yeah. somehow. And unfortunately, they just couldn't do it. Monte Morris deserves a little credit here. Eight of 14 tonight. He was great. Everybody being tired. Monte, I, I actually felt tonight in the final minute maybe, I kind of felt like Monte Jokic's two-man game. I kind of hope Monte takes over here. Like, don't go back to Yoke. He's so tired. He's throwing weird passes. He's throwing it away. Monte cut, hit a couple tough ones. At the very least, I felt like, and we said this to each other, the three of you, the other three of you guys just, just get, get out, out of the way. way. Like, go to these two. Monte was great tonight down the stretch, and that's another thing why, I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda. I get it, but... Talking about just sort of the, the the vibes around it, and we've been really building up the Monte and Jokic chemistry, and man, if Monte pulls that one out down the stretch tonight, Monte and Jokic, it's just who knows what that inspires them to go on and do down the stretch of the rest of the season. And at the very least, this would have been a super lit winner's lounge, Right. and I am in the business of lit winner's lounges. Man, there, the, one of the things about the play that I think kind of changed things because Denver had a little bit of chemistry rolling when those three guys, to your point, they just needed to space properly. They didn't. And there was one possession where yoke spent the entire possession, basically tell him, what are we guys doing? You're all three in the same spot, like one over here, one down here. And that play ended in a Jokic pick and pop three, basically because there was only seven seconds on the clock when they finally got into their offense. Those types of things are important. Like when you're an other, 
it, it's actually not just like get out of the way. Right, you got to understand gotta, what's going on. Yeah. You got to read the court too. You have to be an active bystander. I know that's like a sure. A, a, it's like a what, what do we call these? Oxymoron. Oxymoron. It's like an oxymoron. How do you how can you be an active bystander? But that's really what you have to do. And You're on right. that one, they ruined the possession. Denver get, doesn't get anything, and it kind of disrupted every possession mattered there. It kind of disrupted it a little bit. Um, are you concerned about Aaron Gordon? I'm I'm extremely concerned about Aaron Gordon. And it's, it's more so just because the thing that he did, he does best, he's not doing. Right. So then now he's just like searching for who he is as a player. Man, what that's else a great can he take. do to actually, um, so you know, true. contribute to the team? So mm. if, if you take away your, your best attribute, then it's like, what, what am I then? Right. So now, like, you know, you're trying to find ways. And I feel like Aaron Gordon is trying to find ways. He's, you know, trying to shoot himself into it. He's, you know, he has these like games where he has these sparks. Um, but then, like, there's no consistency, and, and there's nothing that you can hang your hat on every single night. So that's what concerns me about Aaron Gordon is right now he's in search mode, and I don't know how he gets out of it unless he gets back to doing what he does best, and that's defending at a high level. Right. Yeah, I mean, I am worried. I mean, I don't, I'm not changing my mind about how good Aaron Gordon of course is not. or how he fits in Denver. I, but I am worried about how much he has in the tank right now. And because they're going to need him because they don't, you don't really have the luxury of saying like Aaron take the night off I mean there's just only so many guys you can turn to right now so yeah. he's going to be important down the stretch of this run he's going to be important in the postseason I'm a little worried I I just want to see it I just want to see it um, also because he's been such an important part and we've loved him all season long and I want to get back to praising him I saw this take on the timeline I don't remember whose it was maybe it was in my mentions probably but there is a funny paradox of Jokic's threes in that he doesn't hit them when he's really tired. If you notice that, that's why I think he makes them in the playoffs. Is he's like more focused, more energized, more rested, whatever. Um, he doesn't make them when he's tired, but he takes more when he's tired. Like it's like this, it's yeah. like this feedback loop that's actually really negative. And tonight, I'm kind of not surprised he didn't hit him. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence. No. I'm fine with him taking. I saw some people saying they need to go inside. Here's the thing. Teams know that know what's up, man. Their teams are daring Denver. They're packing the paint. They're like, you guys don't have shooters. And tonight, Denver went seven of thirty-one. That's twenty-two and a half percent. Like they're right. Team, teams know. So I think Yoke's like, I knocked down one or two of these. All of a sudden, of it. it just changes everything. And also, you know what else it. is hard to do when you're tired? Battle through double teams in the post. Yeah, oh, you know? yeah so for like, sure. Some of it, really, like you could call it a desperation three. You'd be right. Um, yeah. And here's the other thing: that last one late in the game. How close was that? How close was that? I mean, I'm, we'll drive ourselves crazy thinking about those moments. But yeah. um, this was, I actually thought all things considered, Jokic was relatively good tonight. What's crazy is it was so close to another great, great game. He really was two or three, three. If he, let's say he goes two of eight from three tonight, that's six more points. That's a 29, 12, and nine, just if you say everything else is the same. Those six points probably closed the de- gap in a way that changed the, compl- the complexion of the game. So, yeah, man, it really was like he was close to doing that and just couldn't get it. But he was also dead tired. Like, he made mistakes in that fourth quarter that those of us that watch him every night were like, dude, he never does that. <laughs> he never, like, just throws the ball or jumps and throws the ball out of bounds. Um, Austin Rivers, I, I continue to love him in the starting lineup. I, I just like the defense that he provides. Tonight, you look at his line, he went 0 of 4. I wish he would have hit one of those because I think he's a 1 out of 4 type guy, sometimes 2 out of 4. Um, but he only had two points, two rebounds, but just his defense really was a difference maker on Steph Curry, I thought, in this game. And it, it really, the game really could come down to that one stretch. I mean, Denver got outscored like 26 to 10 or something in that stretch, a five-minute stretch. Like, that was the game. 
that's how you like actually could talk about his impact and like just how important he is to the team. He doesn't have to do much offensively, but he fills such a void on that defensive end of the floor that that small stretch really did impact the game because Curry went loose and, you know, he pushed the lead out just so much off of just that one small decision. Yeah. So every single minute that, you know, Rivers is out there, um, that, that that impacts the game. Like, this was a game that I felt like Malone was really reactionary um, uh, as far as, like, he's changing his lineups, he's switching his adjustments, trying to adjust to what the Warriors are doing. And if he was going to do that, do it in a way where Austin Rivers is matching um, Steph Curry minutes because you're not getting your great defense from your best defender, so who else is going to be able to provide and, that for and you? And by the way, when the, who else is Bryn Forbes? That's a pretty steep Oh, it's like, yeah, you're not just you're just not swapping off. it out for like a lesser. It's a, the worst one. But I see, I would almost agree, disagree with you here, Devin, that I think to say he was reactionary, I think that what M- Malone, I mean, rotations are one thing we always talk about in large part because they kind of don't make sense to us all, uh, uh, pretty often. But when Jokic got in foul trouble, I feel like those are the moments Malone struggles most. Like he has a game, he has it in his head. Mm. I feel like he does a good job of like, here's how it's going to go. And if I need to make one adjustment, I could do it. When Yoke came out, it was almost like crap. The whole thing's off now. What do I do? I'm going to go small and... Right now, but I need spacing out there now because I don't have. Like, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't, I think that mm. it's almost like he was thinking more. If I'm going to go small, we don't have a paint presence, so I need spacing. And it's like, no, what you need is somebody to guard Steph Curry. Yeah. that's the only thing that matters. It so. is pretty crazy how how Rivers took five minutes off and Steph Curry had f- finished with a thirty point game. I mean, it he, was, had ha- he had half of them in that five minutes. He had thirteen is, of his thirty in that five minutes. Um, Isn't that crazy? And by the way, Rivers does finish right with thirty. 30 minutes play, but to your point, it was the allotment of those minutes in that particular stretch. Also, um, he came in and checked, he played two or three minutes to start it. the it fourth was, quarter where he had nobody to guard. Like a little confusing. Just a little bit strange. I, so I mean it's forgivable. Like, look, you know, we talk about fatigue. I'm tired. I'm not even joking about this. I'm tired, guys. Like, I'm gonna sleep in tomorrow. I've been up early every yeah, morning. Man. I'm gonna sleep in tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait for it. I'm sure Michael Malone was tired. <laughs> I'm sure he his brain was like firing like 60-70%. So uh, we can forgive him for it. Let's we, let's hit our first break. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about Bones Highland, and I think we should contextualize where the Nuggets are because they actually have this was they're in a bit of a hard patch right yeah. now, and uh, I would not be surprised if Nugget we've been riding this high. Well, I might get a little glass of cold water coming up. Or over the, the next at the very out. least, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, Buckle at least off. a bumpy ride. Um, hey, listen, whether you're in market or out of market, maybe the best way to watch the Denver Nuggets right now, Evaca TV. Uh, they have, well, they're picking up a lot of different channels right now, but what you want to know is they have Altitude Sports, and this service is now available in Denver, Colorado Springs, Phoenix, Boise, Twin Falls, Idaho. Uh, how do you get it? You go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. It's only $25 per month plus receiver, no contracts, no hidden fees, prices locked in for two years, and you could, op- you could opt to rent that receiver as well as opposed to purchasing it. Uh, this may be a worthwhile investment as we appear to be no freaking closer at all to a resolution here, but we've gotten some great reviews from Avaca. People are tweeting at us, texting us, DMing us, letting us know that they're thankful they've been able to watch Jokic on this stretch. And in a large part, that's been thanks to Avaka TV. So if you are tired of Googling Denver Nuggets game free, if you are tired of DMing the DNVR Nuggets account, wondering how the hell you watch this game, Evaca TV, check them out. We humbly suggest that option. 
Speaking of humble suggestions, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. It's super fun, guys. I was in Brazil for a long time. Couldn't bet. Felt pretty sad. The worst. About it. It's was, a, a new uh, like sneaky bummers when you're out of state. Out of town, and you're like, right? what can I do here? You're looking at a live line. Like, no, I know what I want. Yeah, I, know I know what, what I want to bet, there. and I couldn't do it. But hey, I can right now because I'm back in market. You can too. Download DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And when you use promo code DNVR, you can bet five dollars on any team to win in the conference championships of this basketball tournament. Tournaments, you'll win two hundred dollars in free bets. Tournament. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download it now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, did we change this read? I don't have the. Th I don't have it memorized. I'm not RK. Where'd what is it? Go? it? Uh, oh, pull it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a gambling problem? Is that what you're trying to get? No, I'm trying to, uh, yeah. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Sorry, guys. I'm rusty. It's been a while. It has been. Uh, and that's it. We're back. All right, we're back here. Um, the, the stint from Bones Highland in the first was so different from the one in the second. Man, and I don't so know nice. what to make of that. Like, he really had a confidence to him. I do think it's easier in a first half for a young player because, like, mistakes just are less leverage. Um, at second half, though, he kind of struggled. I mean... How do you evaluate his night tonight, Bones, that it was a tale of two halves? I feel like uh, when you get hot, like there's like, you know, just those heat check type of moments where you just want to keep it going. Yeah. Um, and you feel like it's your night. But also there's the the second part of it of we well, still need to play within the flow of the offense. You still need to, you know, get other people involved. Um, while you're playing extremely hard and you have things going for you, everyone else did not. So maybe that is a setting where he just has to take over. Um and I think that as a young player, it's just a, like, you know, probably a difficult time of trying to evaluate, is this my time to actually take over? Is this the time that I should play within, you know, the flow of the offense or, or, or get it going in different ways? What we saw is him being extremely confident and against star players. Like, I feel like with Bones Highland, he's a player that actually, like, he, he gravitates towards those moments. He takes them all in. Like, hey, I did this against Curry or, I, you know, I brought him, you know, I, I played up to, to that competition. And he was doing that early. And then maybe it got the best of him or he got into his own head where now he's like, okay, let me calm down. So I like when Bones is just like, you know, pedal to the metal, like all in, you know, trying to attack, trying to score, trying to um, produce in different ways and not thinking about it. And I feel like, the first one, he was just reactionary. He was just making things happen. Second half, not so much. Yeah, this is tough because this is the playoff question, right? On the one hand, how great was that? Not just the shot making and the dancing and the getting free, but running the show, setting the table, being a point guard, looking poised in a big game on a big stage. Second half, was it all his fault? Of course not. But as the second unit sort of descended into a state of panic, it's not like he rallied the troops and got them back to the line, right? And he kind of, on both sides of the ball, he struggled. He's a rookie. I know how good he was in the first. This is not me bashing bones, but this is a real question that will come up in terms of how you trust him in the playoffs because you're going to see both sides of this. And, and so how hard do you lean on him? How important is that first side? How much do the Nuggets need that? And then... How much can he eliminate what we saw in the second half? Certainly not blaming him, but all the things he did well in the first half were notably lacking in that in that third quarter. 
we talked this last show about the technicals and about the team's color temper. And, you know, some people had some interesting points, you know, when we were talking about it, about, hey, this team now has an edge to them. They're a little bit nastier. They're a little bit this or that. And then, you know, you contrast that. My take was sort of like maybe they're a little out of control. Like they're starting to like kind of their fly off the handle a little bit. Tonight, you got a tech from DeMarcus Cousins again. Then you got also got a tech from Jermichael Green again. Like he's another one that's kind of racked him up. I, I mean, I, I don't know wh where we land on this, but it was again like this is like how many games in a row the Nuggets had a tech? I feel like it's like seven or eight games in yeah. a row the Nuggets have had a technical foul. Is this... Has this become more of a story or same Hey, same thing we said last time still, still applies? I'm kind of over it. I think you can have an edge without getting technicals. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if these two things, Dev, are, are the same. And, you know, with Boogie, it's interesting. You can zero in on any one of these technicals. Tonight's a great example. Was that a quick whistle? Absolutely. Kind of was. Absolutely. I don't think he deserved a tech. However... Could you just not complain to yeah, the refs one time? Situational awareness. You are Boogie Cousins. Whether it's your fault or not, this is how it goes. Um, People so say this guy say something, though. You know, you know, everybody knows this guy. I got a buddy. He's a great, he's a good friend of mine. We hang out off the court. Nicest guy. He's the chillest guy in the world. You get him on the court, he just can't stop talking to the officials. This dude's 40-something years right. old. I played with him for 20 years. Just Still stop. playing in the league. No, he can't. I know. My, th my whole thing is I'm always like, wait, we've had the conversation. Like, hey, quit doing this. Some guys, like DeMarcus Cousins can't stop talking to officials and complaining. It's like what people say, he's just got to get under control. But guys, he's never going to get that under control. Yeah, and he's saying that he's getting a quick whistle, but it's also because of your history, who yeah. you are as a player, and it just keeps happening. Also, it's not like he's avoiding these type of situations. He is still reacting to yeah. getting a foul called on him. And, and in that setting today, did I think he deserved a foul call? No. Did I think he should have reacted the way that he did to an apparent foul? Right. No. You know, they both go hand in hand. Like, you fouled him, you're getting a call, there's no reason to react to it. Just play within it. You still made the you know the the tough guy play. You still played with an edge where you didn't allow allow a player to get to their spot. So like they know you're not a punk. They know that they can't just go through it and run through you and things like that. But I think that he like straddles that line of um, you know getting in his own head of do I need to like you know make this a point or, or not? Um, and it just keeps on happening with the same player. I think that's what stands out. There's other guys yeah. that could be getting him, but it's him, and he's not even playing. I'm a telling whole you, Jermichael Green has it too, though, because Jermichael Green will get one offensive foul, either an illegal screen where he, he like hits yell. a guy, he and then he's almost like, "Yeah, that's right," and you're just like, "Yeah, that's a foul." Or he'll get the box out one where he'll throw a guy down for no reason. And you're like, "What?" By the way, chat rightly pointing out, Jermichael Green's tech tonight was that goaltending thing, and he was just trying. Not oh, to is that kill. what it was? He was that trying was not tech? to kill himself and Demonia. I think that was so, the tech. Yeah, yeah. You, you oh, I just saw it. Oh, weird that they didn't count that. That's not a tech. A technical. That's I not don't a know tech. what that was. Yeah, but by the way, I mean it is a tech. But tonight, like the technicals weren't why they lost or anything like that. No, but no, no, no. I'm just making a point. That the we're general note: we're on a streak. By the way, <laughs> in, in like six six minutes left in the game, and I, I love the way he played tonight. Austin Rivers is off ball in the corner, having a full conversation with the ref, and I love what you've given us this year. Your Austin Rivers on a minimum, like play ball, play ball. Oh, so yeah. I just think that they can. Both of these things are true. You can have. Uh, have that edge, but I am sort of over the quibble with the officials. Whether what's happening on the court is fair or not, there's a responsibility to tighten it up. Davon Reed played 16 minutes tonight. He went two of three, had six points, two assists. We've gotten an extended look at him now. The first game was fantastic. These last, I mean, obviously he got benched in the last game, and then tonight, 
he got bullied again. Who was it that kind of bullied him to the basket? Like, it was I am, Andrew Wiggins. It's a tough. Yeah, it is tough. But you know what? Part of why you think about Davon Reed as a player that you might want is like, hey, can you take tough assignments? Try, can you take fair. those assignments yeah, off of some of the other guys? And that's just the thing that, you know, the last two games, it's been kind of a resounding, I'm not so sure, in large part because he's skinnier than I think I realized. For some reason, he doesn't look that skinny. In the last couple of games, you're like, oh, yeah, but the beefy guys just got to push through him. And Andrew Wiggins tonight. So. What I like about these type of situations where it's like, hey, um, this is a guy that we all feel like should be playing a lot more, but maybe there's something to the fact of why he's not playing as much. Um, you get these type of moments where it's like not even a humbling thing, but it's just like, a, okay, that makes sense why he's not getting as many minutes or mm. that makes sense of why he's not fully into the uh, the rotation. And those are things that he has to work on. Um, I, You know, I went into this, regarded him as a, a really good defender, and there are a lot of lapses. There are a lot of, you know, opportunities where he's not as good of an ISO defender as I thought he was. Um so it's like it's learning opportunities, but it's also on my end of like, okay, Davon Reed still has a long way to go. Um, and these are the type of games where he's getting more minutes, and I'm like, okay, this makes sense of why he's not playing so much. And first of all, I agree with that. I think that's the right take. I do want to say, like, it's also, to me, Davon Reed is not a three or a four. What is he? It's like, that's a good question, but I just think, like... He might be a three. I, I don't know either, but... I don't... Might be a three. I just think there have been some taller matchups where he's guarding and he hasn't looked as good. And I like his guard defense a lot. I like his point of attack defense. But he's been swallowed up by some guys that are bigger than him. I think he's a little more of a guard. Now, maybe this tweener nature plays into why he's struggled to find a, a full-time role. Um, he certainly has not been Mr. Dependable of late. But I will say in the last like three times we've seen him, I've also felt like he's catching a short straw a bit with this matchup. I mean, he's going to get overpowered at the rim by Kuminga and Wiggins. Like, right, I don't, right. I'm not surprised to see that. So I, I think there's a little bit of both things in play here. Both things are true. It's been an interesting extended look. I'm real curious now to see. Do you get Barton back? Does he look rejuvenated? Do you get even Zeke Naji was in street clothes tonight? Um, do you know, just start kind of get some of your depth back. I'll be interested to see. But the big thing here is the Nuggets are now 40 and 27. They are two in the loss column up on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but the Wolves mm. obviously have the uh, – uh, they have the tiebreaker. So I look at this one and I go, every loss, it sucks. Like Denver is eight and two in, the, in their last six, but it really is unforgiving because the, the Timberwolves have won six in a row. So by, it's like they, by, they just can't lose. By the way, you guys following those Wolves bloggers, they're saying the exact same thing. They yeah. cannot believe they yeah. haven't been <laughs> ground, but, it, but it's true, man. It's just the uh, it's the lot in life for those those teams bunched up right now in the West. This happens every year, by the way, because I always notice it. Like, whenever Denver – it's like always post-All-Star break, teams will make runs, and all of them do. Like, they all kind of, like, just dial in, and then you're like, oh, well, here we go. Um, if we go forward now – all right, so Nuggets went 3-1. and one. Like, if we started the 4-5, and five, you said 3-1? and one? Good. To me, right. I'm like, yep, yeah. that's perfect. You, right. got th you got four games and five nights. If you go 3-1, and one, I would call that a pretty good – especially if you say that last – the one loss will come down to the wire, and, and, you know, you had a chance at it. But now you got Toronto coming up, and then you got a three-game road trip. So, Toronto, Philadelphia, Washington, Cleveland. By the way, after that, you get Boston, L.A., Phoenix, Denver. One of the things you never want to do is accept losing, even if there is a good excuse. And part of that is because you lose one of these games you're not supposed to. All of a sudden, like it starts to yeah. snowball. Toronto coming up. I mean, to me, I almost call this a must-win game. Because if I were to tell you the schedule, mm. Toronto at home with a day of rest, 
then Philly, Washington, Cleveland, Boston, Clippers, Phoenix. Toronto might be the easiest of them when you can factor in that it's at home. The, the Clippers may be the other one, but Clippers are tough. So, Dev, is this a must-win to you? Yes. Yes and no. Um, yes, because I feel like it just get, it keeps them in the groove that they're in. It keeps them in a rhythm and also, like, uh, confidence high. Um Closing out the season on, you know, win streaks. Like, this is a really good run that they're on right now, and you don't want to have those type of games. Like, they just already – they've already had too many of those type of games throughout mm -hmm. the year, um, which I feel like is, like, the, the difference of them having an epic year or an amazing year and just having, like, a pretty good year where they're, like, still having to compete later on in the season. I want them to be able to just – you know, have such a good run that they could rest guys or they could at least make those decisions where they're like, okay, this is a game that we could lose right now because this helps in the standings. So we're getting closer to that point. So if you win as many games as now, you're in a driver's seat where everyone has to like adjust to what you're doing um, and you get to make those type of decisions. So when win a few more games against these type of teams, I, I think that you have control. Toronto game is important. I mean, the Nuggets will find a way to steal some of these, right? They will. We're looking at some of these games and thinking that looks like a loss. A couple of them they'll find a way, right? They they will. But yeah, I mean, that Philly game is tough. That Suns game is scary. The Celtics are playing as well as anyone. And who game plans better for the Denver Nuggets right now than Ty Lue and the Los Angeles Clippers? Very right. few teams. So, well, Toronto has a little bit of this too because they are they have long boys. Like they're a really long team. That's just the thing a that like bunch of long guys. You clog the passing lanes yeah, when man. you do that, and that takes away a little bit of the edge. The one thing going for them, uh, they do play Phoenix tomorrow, and then Denver. So they have a back to back Phoenix Denver. That's really tough. So Denver should have a little bit of a rest advantage going into Friday's game. But nonetheless, I just look at that one and I think, hey, don't start a losing streak right before you go out on a very tough road trip. That's a good I also wonder if look, all of us watching. On the panel, we all have our eye towards Monday's showdown in Philadelphia. That makes this set game on Saturday the last one before it. Is there a bit of a distraction there? I could see it. It's at least something to kind of throw out there that it's a possibility. So, um, All right, why don't we hit a final break, and then on the other side we'll go around the association real quickly. Harrison wins wrapping up right now, uh, and we'll be there. Uh, we'll wrap up. Well, listen, we have shown a lot of love to a particular canned beverage of late, but that's not what this read is for. I want to throw it back to the OG. Show a little love to those those good time seltzers from our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, We're almost mountain beach season, man. Oh, man. Spring, we get to the mountain beach, which is my favorite beer from oh. Breckenridge Brewery. Hard seltzers, delicious Let me look beer. at the weather report here. If you want to just work your way through some, try some before you buy some from the store. We've got it all on tap at the DNVR bar. Come see us on York and Colfax. You're trying to get those uh, those seltzers. Uh, we sell those too. And if you're trying to get any of those things in your crib, check out the Breck Beer Locator. Tell them where you live. Tell them what you're looking for. They'll tell you where to go. It's that simple. Uh, you can get your favorite Breckenridge canned beverage inside of your beer fridge, inside of your kitchen fridge, inside of your bellies. And that's what we're trying to do with Breckenridge Brewery. We got high fifties. Like it's, I'm excited, but I'm not like super excited. High fifties. I'm excited. It's better than what we've had these last couple days. Uh, you know what I'm actually really excited for though? What's that? Daylight savings on Sunday. Oh, dude. Daylight savings, that. baby. Coming? It's coming up on Sunday. Can't you tell he's in a good mood? What does that mean? Tell us what that means. It means we are going to have the sun not go down to like six 15 it's gonna get later and later but we get that extra hour of sunlight at the end of the day so we you know when you're driving home and it's already dark now we're gonna be driving home it's gonna be bright out you okay. might even want to go to the park 
You might even want to go to the pond, feed the ducks. A lot of things you could do. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. But yeah, make sure you check out uh, Breckenridge Brewery. By the way, you can get it delivered to your uh, to your home. They're, they're delicious booze and food from the farmhouse. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use promo code DMVR when you save $5. If you're looking for ways to drink good, to eat good, and to help us out at DMVR, check out our friends at Breckenridge. Alrighty, we back. Do we have Harrison? Or should we go around the association? Let's just go around the association. Let's go around the association. Because right, if there's you were, only one game. If you were worried about how Jokic looks. Oh, yeah, let's hit Super Chats first. Let's TV. hit Super Chats. Maxwell says, Super Chat. Super Chat. Hell yeah, those are my favorite. We got another What is one? RSD? Do the we know? crucial moment was plus two for Nuggets and Jokic. About three point that goes in and out. Yeah, I mean, that three point shot that went in and out is a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreak. It was the right if shot. If Yoke hits one, open. I swear to God, if he hit one, it was going to be we over. We would have fallen through that glass. We would have fallen buddy. through the we glass. It would have been over. Here. I would have been very excited. Was not to be. Why do the refs still allow Jokic to get clawed and scratched like he forgot the <laughs> safe word? <laughs> hey, he did. I don't want to, like, ref whinge. There were... Those guys, those guys got banged up down low tonight. The, both the bench guys and Jokic. I'm not saying that's why they lost, but there I was saw a that lot talk on the timeline. I, I I watched this game and I was just like, I don't know. Was this a game, man? I don't know. Yeah, I mean it happens. It's not new. Jokic is always bleeding after the game. Um, Eric says, "I'm coming home tomorrow." LFG, Eric. I miss you, Eric. I, Eric, I thought he was here. Was he not, oh, is he not around? Where Has is he, he not been here? Is, where is he? Where was he? I think he's in Brazil. Oh. He's been off for like what one? Pre, like post game, yeah, he's missed like one game. I thought he was in the maybe he was in studio, yeah, B or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He All gets right, busy. He gets excited busy. for that. All right, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll get super chats later. We'll let Wynn do this. I know it's late. Harrison's doing the Lord's work, having to listen to all of the Warriors fans at Ball Arena tonight. One of the worst days of the year. Uh, Harrison, it's good to see you. Good to see you too, man. You mentioned the Warriors fans, it felt like that Bulls game earlier this season where it was like a hype atmosphere like the crowd was pretty lit but it was for the other team a lot Jeez. of the time at least it's so dumb man so dumb i love denver it but was, it's it's kind yeah. of a lame-ass city <laughs> it was a it was a great atmosphere though like you could feel it before the game it felt as close to like a big game at home it, it probably felt like the biggest game at home the nuggets have had this season mm. Mm. cool the yeah. bay doesn't love those people they don't they don't love them that's the thing, but that they love that they love the bay. I don't get it. All right, what else <laughs> we got? <laughs> um, well, Michael Malone was obviously a little bummed after this one. He kind of called out the turnovers in the fourth quarter and said they had a lot of uncharacteristic miscues. Uh, he, he spoke about that wide open three that Jordan Poole had late in the fourth. Mm. That was kind of the dagger. And he kind of called out Monte Morris and Austin Rivers for messing up that switch. Uh, it should have been a switch, should have been an easy switch. And Malone said one guy said he called switch, the other guy said he didn't hear it. Uh, he said the truth is probably somewhere in between, but it was just miscues like that and turnovers you know, down the stretch that really killed him. And he didn't want to put it on fatigue. He didn't want to use that as an excuse, but you know, eventually in the presser kind of came around to it and was like, yeah, like, of, of course we're tired. Of course that probably contributed to some of those mistakes. Malone in a sour mood today post game. He was. And then I asked him about what he can kind of take away from 
this four games in five night stretch and winning three of them. And he kind of reversed his tone and said how proud he is of his group. And like, he couldn't be more proud of them uh, for winning three out of these four um, and, and kind of just ha having the composure to win those three games. So from a big picture perspective, he's still really happy with where this team is, how, how much they've been winning. Uh, but tonight, you know, he wanted this one because it was a game Denver could have had. Yeah. Definitely, that's the thing that's so frustrating. They would have lost by twenty. It's almost easier, a, easier pill to swallow because you're like, hey, man, they didn't have it. They were out of gas. But when you had the chance, you had the lead late. There you go. Yeah. Um, he was asked about Demarcus Cousins getting another technical foul, and Malone said, "Yeah, like Demarcus, he's got to cut that out. We've all been getting too many technical fouls. <laughs> uh, he didn't. He didn't call out himself. Yeah, we all have." We, yeah, I love that. He didn't that. call out himself by name, but did said we've all as a team been getting too many technicals, so we've got to get that under control. Um, and then he was talking about Bones, who I thought made a great impact, especially in the first half when the bench played really well. Uh, he thought Bones was great. His speed, his quickness really stood out and said he was really making good basketball plays for himself uh, and his teammates. I mean, he was. He was fantastic. He was really good. Yeah. And then the last thing Malone said on Jokic's fourth foul, which kind of changed the game. You know, he had to go out. Sure. And then, uh, of course, Steph Curry cooked the Nuggets bench. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> nice move by Steve Kerr switching up the rotation to get Steph Curry against the Nuggets bench. But he thought when Jokic went out, guys just tried to do too many things on their own and, and defensively he said you miss Jokic's voice his IQ he's the anchor of our defense um the bench just really struggled in the second half interesting we've never really heard him say that before you know you miss his voice calling out coverages or whatever being the brain there so that's kind of an interesting comment let's file that one away yeah we spoke with Monte he was talking about end of the game he said turnovers uh fatigue was obviously a huge factor but the fact that we were just in the game showed you know, how good we are and the fight we had. And this was a good test for us, but you know, he, he likes where they are at this point in the season. Um, but then, you know, was looking ahead to a month from now and said, look, we got 15 games left. We definitely want to get home court advantage. We want a top four seed. Um, so, you know, Denver. Huh, I, I think, top four seed, huh? Yeah, he was, I mean, he was asked like, directly if home court is something they're shooting for and and he said yes so um i think they're still taking a game-to-game -game approach but you know when you look down the line it's something they have their sights set on at least some of the players do uh, and then monte was talking about just the atmosphere tonight he said it felt like a playoff game uh, he noted that there were a lot of golden state fans in attendance but he said you definitely felt that energy it definitely woke you up yeah. Uh, so the atmosphere was it was really good tonight. I mean, th there were Warriors fans here, but it definitely had a had a big game feel. Definitely felt and that way. I don't know if I could say that for any other home game so far this season. This is really the only game I kind of felt that. Hmm. What was the lamest Warriors fan there? Did you see one specific person that was just like Adam that thinks guy's it's lame. the little girl that was crying? <laughs> I don't think she was the late. No, come on. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, she's a national hero now. Yeah. Um. The lamest Warriors fan is probably the dude that got in a fight with a Nuggets fan right next to me at the end of the game. Oh, that's cool. He got in a fist fight? 
I don't know if a punch was thrown, but there was definitely some shoving for sure. <laughs> and then he, and then I think, I don't know if it was a Nuggets fan pouring a drink on a Warriors fan or vice versa, but there was some, some liquid in the air. Yeah, that's got a good track history in games in Denver, no. pouring drinks on other people and fighting. What what dorks? <laughs> what dorks? All right, what else? And then the other guy we spoke to tonight was Bones. And oh. um, nice. He was talking about the atmosphere as well, and he said, I haven't experienced a playoff game in the NBA yet, but I was talking with Jordy Fernandez, Nuggets assistant before the game, and he told me, like, that's going to be the type of environment that you're going to experience tonight. And Bones said, like, look, that's what I'm made for. That's what I'm built for. That's what I'm looking forward to. So he really enjoyed uh, just hooping in, in this environment <laughs> tonight. And, um, you know, he was talking about just going up against Steph. And he he said it's a matchup that he obviously looks forward to and a great chance to test himself. And Bones, like, called out the referees twice. Wow. Little post -game presser. Oh. oh, God, I yeah. hope he doesn't get fined. I don't think he'll get fined. Uh, but remember that one-on-one -on -one he had against Steph on the baseline, I think, right in front of the Nuggets bench? He he was like, yeah, Steph fouled me on that shot. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> when he got hit in the face by Jonathan Kaminga, and Bones was actually down for like a minute or so. I, th I thought it might have been a serious injury, but he popped back up. Uh, that was on that... Uh, layup attempt he had, and Kaminga just hit him right in the face. And Bones goes, "I don't know how that wasn't a flagrant." He just said that like five minutes ago. Huh? I'll have to go back yeah. and see it, man. Uh, I have to go back and see the Steph one because I'm very curious. I'm interested to hear that one. Yeah, it was a mid-range jumper right in front of the Nuggets bench, like right on my end too. I, I it, it is but, interesting um, though. We talked about he had a little pep in his step, and it is interesting that this was a game that had so much energy. So, yeah. I definitely feel like he fed off it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he, I also agree. I think he had a pep in his step. Was he up um, in the no postgame? Like, was his energy where it normally is, or was it like a tough loss from, from Bones, Highland? I think he was pretty normal. Mm. Um, I, th I think he was pretty regular, yeah. I don't, yeah he and then he was talking about... Um, yeah, he, he was talking about just playing four games in five nights. I don't get tired, Bones said. Um <laughs> I just, you know, I've always got energy. I'm just trying to bring that juice every time I'm out there. I love it. Any final thoughts about the game? Um, I mean, I think overall you got to be pretty happy with where the Nuggets are at, winning three out of these four. I really felt like if Jokic had a dominant game tonight, coupled with Joel Embiid just Me too, man. kind of no-showing in the too. second half, he could have locked up the MVP. But Me too guess that will have to wait for another day. My other observation from tonight, Kyle Speller, the Nuggets PA announcer, when Bones checks in, he's just started yelling mile high speed, <laughs> Kyle Speller does. That's awesome, dude. I love that, like, man. Instead of saying Bones Highland checking in right away, he just yells mile high city, baby. That's awesome. City, baby. Uh, what a great calling card. Now he can never leave. Can never leave you can Bones. never leave Bones. Best friend of the show, Bones Best Island. Best friend of the show. Awesome. Harrison, get home safe. Uh, we'll see you, I'm sure, here in a couple days. Yeah, see you guys. Um, if we get back to these Super Chats to wrap up, I know everybody wants to get on with their Thursday night. They want to get back to uh, Kira Sedgwick, the closer, watching TNT. Isn't that the thing that comes on afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> My 10 years late on this one. 
Uh, what do we got? Jake says, longtime fan of the pod, first time super chat. Hey, <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, had to show my boy some love after the tough loss. We are just saving the W's against the Dubs for playoffs 2013 revenge time, baby. I love it, man. What a great super chat. Who That's is a that, great Jake? Super Jake, chat. Moss. Jake. Jake Moss. There it is. Our Jake. Filed away, Jake. All right. Oh, oh right. we missed way. Yeah. We did. Did we or did Kale? Hmm. Mm, tough to say. Tough Which to one say. of us is the super producer? Which one Just blame me. Are you talking about? Me. Are you Kale's talking about? He's never done wrong. Are you taking? Are you talking about regular producer Kale? Yeah. Not so special Kale. <laughs> My Kale wouldn't do that. That super producer wouldn't. Uh, Brad says <laughs> Nuggets gave that Warriors girl a Jokic jersey. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah. They, they did. did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want it. <laughs> Rock, they Adam hates this child. <laughs> I'm just saying, not that special of a child uh, relative to other children. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Only a make-a-wish situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting courtside here. They're doing all right. Just, all right, what do we have here? Morgan, wish Golden State fans could have took the L on the way out. Are you kidding me, man? That would have been me the best. Like, there's nothing better than when they all show up and they all go home unhappy. It's the best. Feels great. What else we got? Danny says. 3-1 on the tough stretch. I'll take it. But my God, I miss MPJ and Murray. Really could have used them tonight and Gary. Well, Gary, <laughs> don't want to break that one to you. That one ain't happening. But I will <laughs> say this. We are in a weird stretch because the Nuggets were winning because they had the, we had this four and five that we had all this pride for and all sure. this. Like We're all like, we've had all this. The, the update we got about MPJ maybe going to Grand Rapids, so that was a week ago. A week and a half ago, like, he's closer now. And I know we haven't gotten the update, and, and I don't know that we will get an update, but I, th it is this thing that when you look at the schedule, we're starting to talk about my prediction. This is my prediction of when he returns is on the 20th. What are we at today? The 10th. We might be 10 days away. That's so close. That's so close, yet so far. It is so if far. We're talking about, if we're talking <laughs> about that, like the G League stint, like one week ago, we still have more than a week to go. But we're so close that they're going to start, like, at least coming out with conversation of, hey. I don't think they are going to come out with conversation. Up. There's no way you just woke him up, like, just questionable. Uh, don't worry. Michael Porter Jr. will let us know on the internet. Well That's true. Hopefully in PJ. Everybody check his Instagram. Jamal will just check into the game. Yeah, we'll he will like, just check it. Hold on. He was what? off the injury report? Landon says, has AG changed his hair great since question. the slump started? Man, that's a great question. We'll get Eric Weedham on this. We need, Yeah, we'll get Eric. Eric is our Where's hair Eric corner. You need him? I think he's passed out. He's been working hard. <laughs> uh, that does it. All right, around the association, very simple tonight, guys. There was one game. It was the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a big trade that happened. That. Yeah, it was a big trade. Ben Simmons, who was the scapegoat for all of the 76ers, probably, was <laughs> traded to the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden, who didn't want any part to, of the, you know anything to do with them, he said, "I've always wanted to be in Philly." Well, he shows up, so here we have a SmackDown. Who's going to step up? Is it the MVP favorite, Joel Embiid? Is he going to step stand up? They got their ass kicked, beat to sleep, Min and James Harden, who is known most prominently for disappearing in big moments, big game, James. Oh my God, was he atrocious in this one? Arguably his worst game in several years. Three and of seventeen. Three of seventeen. It was atrocious. Um, Embiid got to the foul line what twenty-five times or something, so his numbers look good, but completely disappeared in the second half. Five of seventeen. Five of seventeen and three of seventeen. These two dudes, they got their ass kicked. It was incredible. They were clowning them. The and the best part was, the good people of Philadelphia. 
They showed up wanting to boo Ben Simmons. They booed him on the bus. Did you see that? They surrounded the bus they almost like a, an angry ma a yeah, mob. Yeah. They booed him. And then the game started. Their team's down 20 immediately, and they start <laughs> booing their James own Harden. people. Like, imagine imagine that. You go there. You're like, we're going to boo. And then they end up booing your own guys. You're so disappointed. Oh, yeah. That was a spineless, gutless. And it reminds me that that team, very talented players. Two MVP caliber players, James Harden and Joel Embiid. Two guys never proved anything. What what stands out about that game is that was like pretty much a playoff atmosphere type game where no everybody question. was like you know bought into the game because there's there's so much on one end there's so much on the other end they go out and get beat to sleep like that and it's like okay is this a team that you could rely on in the playoffs because this was a playoff look for them and it was their first playoff look like where it actually mattered. And they didn't perform. Right. That's why I knew it was a playoff because James Harden did not perform. <laughs> you know, that's when I knew it. So I was like, okay, how is everyone else going to be involved? Joel Embiid played the same way that he plays every single time. He gets to the free throw line. That's it. Yeah. Do you see the one foul he had where he shot it backwards? Back, like, and they, they, they still it gave it to him. Foul too. It was a shooting foul. And then on the other end, like Durant, uh, just he's just he's epic. He's amazing. I love that him and Embiid get into it every single time that they play each other. Kyrie is now just like in business mode. Like that was it was a fun game. I will say that as far as just like watching a team get just destroyed and also a team like step into playoff mode in, in the way that they're supposed to. And know? I think guys like in, in 2022, it's so hard to measure impact just looking at a box score. But you could argue Ben Simmons outplayed James Harden tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. Should we end on that? I think we can end on that. All right, we're going to get out of here, guys. Thanks for hanging with us all week. We're going to be back on Saturday. Guess who's back on Saturday? Who's Mike? Eric. D-Line is back in studio, Let's go. Our boy is back. I might call in sick. Sorry, Eric. I've been working so hard. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you guys on Saturday.